Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. podcast episode number 263 and i'm your first host marcello and i'm host number two d and i'm host number three Corey. what's going on guys? hey i got news you got news Wait, what's your news I've, I've been re-watching uh the terminator franchise and nice we always drop skynet stuff here and there uh did you know that skynet was created by a black guy named miles I did know that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. That I, was Terminator Two. Yeah. How do you just know that off the top of your head, dude? Uh, I've seen Terminator Two like thirty-five times in my life. Core. Wow. I've seen it a lot. It changed my life, bro. Why didn't I get brought up? An African American created Skynet. Oh, that's what you're trying to say. You're trying to make a big point about a fictional. That should be a huge point. Why <laughs> didn't they cast a black guy to create Skynet? It's. Because it's mean, a fictional character. You be but there are no black people in, in Terminator and any other scene in any of the seven movies except for the guy who created Skynet on his home computer. Well, man, you know what? You know how it is in America. <laughs> we don't get credit for the shit we do. We're just not getting credit for the shit we do. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to turn this into. <laughs> Today on not the racist even, podcast. Let's see. Not, e- not even in the fictional, not even in the fictional story do we get the credit we do uh, this motherfucker around here. No, I'm kidding. Um, how come there's no Terminators from Laos? Let's talk about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> fun, there's an Asian Terminator in the new Terminator movie coming out. Yeah, they're finally getting their act together. Uh, and there was an Asian Terminator in the the one with the chick who wore the red leather. Off the rails from the start today. Good job, guys. <laughs> sorry, Not even sorry, trying. my depth of sorry, my depth of Terminator. Not my knowledge depth of Terminator so deep for you, Corey. I didn't know that. I'm gonna take you away with. I know model numbers T1000, T100. My uh, point, my point, though the original point was, I was just, I was very elated to see that, and I know we always drop Skynet references, so that, that was cool. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of crypto, yeah. <clears throat> how about that price? Segway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, wait. We we're missing our routine. We've been in a good routine. You how like you guys? You like that? How How's your week, Cello? You start. Yeah. The, the price was great. Great week. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I had a shitty week, the price is great. That's true. There's a different tone to the show when the price is going the way it's going now. I'll tell you what, man. The the Slack, the price shit, the price talk channel is just. I had I have to mute it. I can't. I can't even keep up with it. It's it's so much conversation going on. It's yeah. It's it's going to sound. I'm just glad that people are paying attention to my HODL plus strategy. I feel like that should be a little bit more popular in the community than it is. But... All right, well, let's talk about that later. Well, how was your week, Dave? Oh shit, yeah, yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> my week was amazing. Um, I went out to a client and the week went great and they took my recommendation to have me stay there uh, to work on a inventory management system I'm building up from scratch. So that's going to be fun. And then, um, yeah, it was an exciting week of work because that's what I do. I work. And then uh, building travel kind of management systems. Yep, build inventory management systems. It's pretty neat. They build these machines, and then I've actually kind of already built the the the, the back end of the. You know me. I, I'm just an Excel paying, guy. Just paying boatloads of money for you to do something that they should have done a long time ago. Pretty, pr- pretty much. Or they should, or they should be doing themselves. <laughs> well, it's that they should be doing themselves, but do they know how to do it? Right, that's the thing, and they don't. And how I do, do you know how to do it? How to build an inventory management system? Yeah. Because I've done it before? What, what kind of question is that? It's like you have like, I've formal, done it before. You have like formal training in inventory management systems. Oh, no, I'm not like a supply chain guru, but I've built an inventory management system for like on small scale. It's not hard to do. You count stuff, then you build up the behavior that it has to be counted frequently. You see where I'm getting with this? I just asked, why aren't they doing it? And they're like, well, not everybody can do it. I'm like, well, why can you do it? And you're like, it's not that hard. Why don't they do it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, but they don't have the guidance and they don't think it through, right? They're, they're too busy running a business. So. Well, everything isn't that hard when you figure out how to do it. That's very true. That's what I've learned over the years. Yeah, I guess if they don't have well. the time, like they have, they have to run the business. And they're just trying to stay lean or whatever term you want to use. Yeah, but, I mean, they just don't know how to do it. So, yeah. But what's funny is that in this, the year of our Lord, 2019, people really don't get that Google exists still. That's what blows my mind. Yeah, that's pretty pretty amazing. There's a strong, I'd say, and I hope none of my clients are listening, but even if they are, I'd say there's a strong 10% of the time where uh, like, they're like, do you know how to do this? And I'm like, pretty sure it's not too difficult and that's me saying i'm gonna google the fuck out of it later like that's talk for- to me tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm like that's that's gonna be a three-hour google session tonight and then you know come back in the morning say, hey guys some good news the thing that you wanted to do is actually free it doesn't take long to do let's figure out boom so um thank you google but yeah my week was great it was it was good it was uh very productive Travel kind of sucked. I got some delays in Denver. Hey, Denver, why don't you not be the airport where delays go? Like, it used to be Chicago. You're getting a bad reputation. Okay. Fix your weather. And then, uh, yeah. So, anyways, your, your turn, Corey. My week was pretty good. Busy. Just normal status stuff. Uh, did some back-end stuff on the security side. Mm-hmm. Released the new... Uh, Blog and a series about token economics. Yeah, when did you become an economist? How did this happen? I just, I guess, analysis and data science. They met. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested in. I'm interested in like how how value flows, and that's usually just. I I did a lot of modeling when I was. My PhD was in modeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have a lot of the skill set required to not, not. No, not not like. Fashion I'm modeling. Too sexy for this shit. <laughs> too sexy for this shit. Yeah, not that kind of modeling. 
Yeah, it hurts. Did that oh. in my in my bedroom. But uh, nice. yeah, I mean, so I have the skill set. I just started using it because I was some guy, another guy who built um, like backend financial systems for for firms works for Status, and so he was building. He was there. He was building models because he was curious on how how the, like how each of our use cases affects the price potentially. And I caught wind of it, and we started kind of riffing together, and we wanted to try and make that more accessible because his his notebooks and models are not easily um, understood from like a layman perspective. And so I just started kind of translating those and making them more accessible to, to kind of teach people like how these things work and how we come up with these numbers and how how they're useful and where they're not useful and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it works out nicely. Very nice. Did you find that before you before you were a married man, it was your go-to line, hey, baby, I like to model back ends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It should have been. Then... <laughs> it definitely should have been. That should have been your go-to right there. Anyways. Creepy, but it's still good. I definitely like the it's only creepy if they don't like you, Corey. They like you. <laughs> that's, that's then it's a fine it's line between topic. creepy and 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 seductive. Oh, yeah. One girl says it's creepy. The other girl says, "Well, here, why don't you take my number and call me D later?" Is, you're, you're like a numbers game kind of guy. You just you throw it on the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> that's the only way to be. That's the way <laughs> it's been created since the turn of man. All right. So just, before we before we get into price too much um in the process of the price talk channel going nuts um you keep people keep bringing up your hodl plus mentality. that is very in true. fact that people have even like you know that uh that iphone feature where you can make your emoji talk and send it to people in video files you did that a long time ago explaining it and someone just brought it back so like they kept yeah, someone it saved it they saved yeah. it and they and they listen to it and they give it to people when people ask about what it is which i found Pretty cool. Who was that? Was that Joe? Joe, yeah, it's Joe. Props, Joe. Joe owns an island, Blau. In the, in the <laughs> oh price no, line. Joe, I'm not rich. My brother is Blau. Yeah, That's my favorite one. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> it's it's uh, I'm asking for a friend. Uh, yeah. And so why don't hey. you why don't you let why don't you let the GPPs know what Hotel sure. Plus is? So if you're new to to crypto, uh, you may hear a thing going around called Hotel. Somebody misspelled hold a long time ago, and uh, we ran with it. But what ends up happening if you hodl no matter what is when you're in a time like now where the price is probably pretty advantageous for you to take some money off of the top. Or what I mean by take some money off the top is actually trade in your Bitcoin and get some of your fiat wherever you live to change your life. You do that. However, you still maintain a core crypto position. Right. So in order to do this ahead of time, you got to say, okay, I need this much percentage Bitcoin, this much percentage this, but this much percentage fiat. And whenever those percentages gets out of whack, you basically rebalance back to what your original starting percentages was. Yagi knows what I'm talking about. Shout out to Yagi. Um, But that's what HODL Plus means. When When you get into an opportunity where you can make some lifestyle changes. You make the changes, rebalance back to the original portfolio because you already know that portfolio, that portfolio is bomb, right? Core, you know. It's like my percentages are great. Just rebalance back to it, get some cash, and change your life. Yeah. 
You can make life-changing moves, make them. Otherwise, you're yep. being a bitch. Yeah, otherwise, you're being a bitch. What's a life-changing move? Something depends. changes your life. Depending like, on you, man. Right? I mean, it depends on you and where you are and your finances and what your goals are and how you want to live your life. If you can, if you can make a step towards that right direction, impactful step, you should use the money you have. Like, if it's just like, I don't know. When I, I turned extra money into a tremendous amount of extra money as, mm. a, as opposed to being greedy and saying, let's see where this goes. I'm going to get super rich. I was like, nah, I'm going to make my life way better. I did that. And I messed up. Yeah. It's like, and I think, I think most people did that. Yeah. yeah. And, and against Corey and I's advice, by the way, gains. Gains. go back and listen, Hashtag go back and listen to those episodes. You'll hear me screaming at the mountaintops. This fucking sell. Yeah. <laughs> So hashtag no, uh, not investment advice, but I'm like this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This isn't sustainable. And then pop goes the weed. So now but we're so conditioned now. Like if you look in the price price talk in our Slack, join our Slack. Uh, everyone is just like, oh, this is really great, but there's a correction coming or there's a pullback. Yes. Nobody can enjoy the pump anymore. Well, now it looks it's 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 about finding the right time to hodl plus. It seems like the narrative, at least on our Slack, is not. I mean, it's, people are excited about the price movement, but it's about how, like, how do I take advantage of this best given my you know, certain situation? <laughs> yeah, don't be this guy. Well, I, I bought Bitcoin yeah. at 16.5, so unless it goes up 16.5, I'm hauling. Not all it. of it, though, right? No, not all of it, but I remember oh, it was here. like 16.5, and I didn't have a crystal ball, so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll buy some. What's your average entry price? Do you know that? It's it's good. It's okay. good. That would be it's too good. much information. It's good. We've been around for a while, so it's probably pretty good. Um, yeah. So my average know. entry price is is sub one thousand dollars. So I'm doing all right. No doubt. Likewise, Huddle Plus, everyone. I like how. So I guess in that goofy video, I put "explore your gains" is what Huddle Plus means, and somebody said. What does that even mean? And Jesse goes, it means you take your treasure, your treasure out on a hike in nature when the price goes up. <laughs> this is this is God. He goes, this is duh. He goes, that makes plenty of sense. So that's exactly what it means. Take your hardware wallet for a walk. But anyways, let's talk about we've got some talking points that we wanted to discuss. Right? Did you guys wake up early and read the Libra white paper? I read it. I didn't wake up early. I just read it when I woke up. It just happened to be uh, early. <laughs> Like I, I didn't specifically get up to read it. I actually got up <laughs> early and had some extra time, so I read it. I just heard it launched at like 7 a.m. or something, 6 a.m. I I haven't seen it, honestly. I glanced at some of the stuff that people were posting earlier in the week. I'm not terribly excited about it. I mean, I feel like it says here in the talking point, I feel like it's doing a right-handed handshake with fiat and a left-handed handshake with crypto at the same time. I mean, just we to, have to think that though, as people in our position, we can't give credit to Facebook. Me. I get it. I, 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 uh, Eric, Eric Voorhees tweeted out a tweet storm, um, giving, in my opinion, what was the most realistic evaluation of what all this was. Good pros, potentials. I mean, it's looking at looking at the code. They did their homework. They they chose um, reasonable choices in the consensus mechanism, given its classical BFT and nothing. Nothing like uh, like Nakamoto consensus or anything new. Um, that's what you would want when you have a. What are you doing? 
I was I opened an app and I was watching Tracy Morgan in that app. Thanks the other day. Thanks, Dave. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, it's 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 what you would want when you have a consortium of people controlling <laughs> the consensus. What the fuck are you doing? I'm not trying to do this. I apologize. Put your Keep phone going. down. All right. Uh, yeah, and it's I don't know. It's it's got a lot of uh, potentials. Colin's here. What's up, Colin? You're muted. So that's good. Colin from Hashing It Out. My co-host. Oh, he's decided to join the show today. Hey, what's up, Carl? Tippy typing away. You hear that? Said it won't. I won't be on long. We can hear you. I mean, you could just talk. Oh well, you told me I was muted. I didn't. Oh, you muted yourself. I didn't mute myself. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the show, Colin. <laughs> Act like you podcasted before. Whatever. You do. <laughs> um. I, uh, yeah, no, I'll be on for like a hot second. I got somebody coming over to fix up the house. So we were just talking about Libra. Um, Libra, oh, it's a piece of garbage. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's hot human. But people see, like I'm saying, everyone is predisposed or preconditioned to uh, take that stance. If you're it's, in the crypto and Facebook comes out of the crypto, even if it's amazing, you have to think it's crap. Oh yeah, don't don't automatic. don't think you're going to have any privacy or security with it. Like yeah, there's no privacy reaction. associated with it, and there's, there's clearly there's a reason they're doing it, and it has to be for monetary gain. It's not because they're altruistic in any way, shape, or form. So if you think that, you're wrong. But the implementation of it is is at least well done, and it's more decentralized than anything that's ever existed from the traditional world. Is it? I mean, if it's not, it's not pure crypto, no. But it's certainly not pure finance either. It's it's we've talked about oh, this no. previously. I mean, it's very 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 similar to existing financial structures. Like it's not. There's nothing like terror. Like, it's just a distributed like ledger. It's a distributed like, it's a DLT. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's DLT technology. It's well, that's redundant because T and DLT is technology. But like, it's a distributed ledger. That's it. And like, literally, we've been doing this for decades. I don't know why this is like suddenly something that that seems terribly like new, other than we're trying to do it in a more generic way. You know, but banks already have systems for exchanging value in a very, very, very fast way, like already, in a very way that you don't have to like yeah. trust it too much. What's like, not, but are they not changing value, they're making, or are they just telling? It, they're making they a they're making a global currency outside of governments. That's it's, what bothers me. I didn't elect them to do that. I I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. I don't know what I elected. But didn't you like a bunch of shit on Facebook? Oh, fair you've elected them to do lots of shit. That's cool. No, I get it. I just I didn't I didn't, I didn't elect them to take every fiat and whatever they else want to dump into this basket of global currencies and use that to back a new currency that can technically rival them. Like to me, there's something really wrong about that. Like just from an ethical standpoint, it seems like I didn't vote them into having sovereign decision making power over money on a global scale. Well, I mean, that's what crypto's for. It's for when you say stuff like that, people are Depends like, "Yeah, but we did it, it anyways." The, the difference between crypto is that like there's no decision maker. There's there's an owner here. There's a clear owner. Yeah. Uh, with with the Facebook stuff, you know, I mean, like, yeah, they're doing it in such a way that 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 there's a cabal of owners. There's a whole bunch of people working together in this cartel of. Ten million dollar validators who Facebook can approve or, dis- or disapprove of. By the way, it's not like anybody can just be this. They, like you have to submit an application, show that you can execute on it, and then they say yes, you can actually be a validator in the system, whether or not you have ten million dollars, right? 
The thing is that Facebook has been trying to be a bank for like six years now. This is just like the final form. This is our final form. Like, this is it. Like, they've been getting money services licenses across the world for like six years. They've been doing this for a long time. And crypto came along and said, hey, not only can you be a bank like you want to be, but you can be in a sexy new way with blockchain technology. You hear what I'm saying? Exactly. That's just what they're saying. See, like that whole argument is not true because like, yeah, they might've been like working towards doing a WeChat sort of system and they probably were working on it for a very long time. They looked at China and go, holy crap, there's money in that. We want to copy that. And we want to do it outside of China and for everybody. And I get that. That's that's actually a really good play on their part. But like to say that this is blockchain technology is disingenuous. No, it is. Mm. It is. It's perfectly blockchain technology. It's just not it's not right. open and permissionless consensus. That's kind of the foundation. So No, it's not. The the, it's the data structure. The data structure and then consensus makes it. No, 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 because the data structure itself isn't even by blocks. They've put that in their white paper. It's basically like the the, the hyperledger system where it's it's instant finality because they don't need blocks to actually do a blockchain. It's literally just transactions after transaction after transaction. Yeah. Unless I misread that. So it's like Ripple then? It's it's probably it's it's main it's main thing it's probably closest to is Ripple. I'd say. Oh lame. So what do you think? You gonna have some Libra tokens in your wallet or what, bro? No, but this is what I've been saying for many, many episodes is like all y'all are gonna be butthurt when something that you don't like makes crypto into the mass adoption territory like if libra is what took you've been push, saying that verbatim it's something similar yeah, i said he's been saying something similar to that i've been saying like what if the best thing doesn't spur mass adoption and this could be one of those things and you guys are going to be very upset not you guys just a general term if something you don't like spurs mass adoption you guys aren't going to be very happy about it I, I, all right, so I agree. I, I, if if mass adoption starts with this, I'm not going to be happy with it, but I'm also not that worried that it will last forever. And the reason I'm not worried that it lasts forever is because we're already seeing things that are vastly superior to anything that, that Facebook can, could even offer with this technology. And and they're coming. And and I mean superior in so many ways that um, it just feels like, just not just from a governance standpoint, but also we're looking at some things that are pretty interesting on the transaction throughput standpoint. Uh, that rival visa levels. Um, I mean, we're having him and on, he's talking about his stuff. I haven't seen that. I haven't touched it, but I mean, theoretical TPS is really pushing the limits on even just permissionless governance, like open public governance systems. So, I mean, there's better stuff that's coming. So why would we even lean to, to something that's privatized in the future? I think eventually something's going to well, happen. It's going to bring that to its knees. The thing that people like people don't give a shit and that's why that's why that's why that's where we're at and that's what facebook is recognized that's what ripple recognized that's what all these companies these central companies recognize is that you know everybody when they ask me about bitcoin their eyes glaze over until it gets to the point they hope the conversation gets to a point where i start talking about how much i own and how much i bought when and how much it's worth and why I don't have a Cadillac, Cadillac, not a Cadillac, but a Cadillac that's just encrusted in gold. And then I shit out gold powder. Like, that's what they want to know. They don't care about how money works. They, they definitely don't care about the technology that it works on. Right. Nobody, nobody's out in these streets talking about, man, the, the ATM uh, framework network just got oh. an upgrade. 
And let me tell you, ATMs are yeah, pumping out enough. money so fucking fast now. Oh my god! Like that's, that's, but, that conversation right, so is not happening. Let me say that there's demand that's on the horizon that we want to do. There's things we want to do that this system won't support. Specifically, dealing with microtransactions on mass volume through IoT devices. And oh, okay. When you do so, that, you're looking at a scale that we have never seen before in human history. And you're not going to successfully accomplish that with this centralized system. I, I don't believe you will. I believe that decentralization is the way to go with that, just because it scales better eventually, um, even if you have layer two solutions supporting that. So I have real doubts that like this will actually be a long-term supportable thing in its current the way it's currently drafted. Now that said, I mean, if it's the adopted backbone and the world's like okay with Google being the one printing their money, that sucks. That's dystopian yeah that's but, like how the internet turned out right <laughs> yeah well no the internet's still pretty good i mean like i can's it's owned by a few companies what's that it's owned by a few companies that bothers me that bothers me to a great deal that the the, the root servers are owned by what is it 13 people 13 groups yeah that's bothered that bothers them but at the same time it's like they don't seem to be doing a whole lot of bad stuff in the most part you know i mean they work on behalf of the government so uh Welcome, Lyndon, Crypto Bully, Ray. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the show. They joined in the process of that last conversation. Welcome to the yeah. conversation. Hello, everybody. Do you guys want to be filled out? I mean, obviously, we're talking about Libra. Uh, I think the only thing that I care about it the most is that they there's Gemini and now there's Libra. And it's like, can you just leave the Winklevi alone? What the hell is wrong with you, Zuckerberg? Like, <laughs> let them be. What the fuck? Like, I guarantee you someone brought that to him with like a, and he just had a little twinkle in his eye and said, let's do it. Golly, man. He is shit. He will find Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss and shit in their cereal no matter what they're doing. They could open a mechanic <laughs> shop and he's going to open one across the street and call it better than the Winklevoss wrench turners. And he's like, Maybe damn. Star Trek. Like, I feel like. Like Zuckerberg started out as data and turned into like what is data's brother? Like More. the bad the bad version of the evil. Oh, I remember that episode. But now he's just yeah. like going around saying, fuck it. I'm just gonna like completely rig elections <laughs> and like all your money. I'm taking over the whole the whole like world. Fuck you. I'm tired of being good guy. This data. is definitely gonna have to be labeled an explicit episode. Yeah, we do that already now. Oh, sorry about that. It's okay. It's D D started us out pretty hot. With a, oh, a yeah. couple f bombs, so I like to drop an f bomb or two. So, sorry, you guys. Kids. Drink, um, so, so, uh, Lyndon, what are you thinking about Libra? What, what's, what's hot in the um, bullpen community as to what, what's going on with Libra? Yeah, man, we was actually talking about this hardcore the last two episodes, of Crypto Legends, man. But, um, man, Libra, bro. So, it's, it's really. Um, I, honestly, I kind of see a lot of both sides, right? I see people that think, last time I see people that completely hate this, right? Now, it's funny, right? Because I'm definitely a crypto person. I definitely am a big believer in decentralization and things like that, right? But when I when I hear news and I think about stuff like this, I try to think about it very objectively, right? I try to take the emotion out of it. I have my emotional opinion, but I like to take the emotion out. So from my perspective, um, right, I think about what, Facebook is doing with Libra and Calibra and things like that and reading through things and seeing the way they're structuring it. It's very, very fucking suspect. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I looked at it, I was just yes. like, eh. it's it's like, okay, I, I see what you're trying to say. I mean, it's like taking some shit and then covering it in gold. I really feel like that's what they're doing. And um mm-hmm. it's it, it makes me very skeptical. But now from a different from more of an objective perspective, I love it. And the reason why I love it is because, and I can tell you firsthand, because Facebook is doing this, people, a lot of people have come to me personally and was like, yo. You've heard about Facebook's doing a cryptocurrency? What's cryptocurrency? Oh, what's what's Bitcoin? What's this? Mm-hmm. So it's really yeah. starting a conversation to get people to turn their head and look away from fiat and look over a cryptocurrency. And mm-hmm. literally, point. we were talking about how it, it's funny, right? Because I really feel like Libra is potentially, potentially a Trojan horse for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency because I feel like they're trying to, they're trying to play that game and let's just be honest. I mean, Facebook's reputation when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to uh, data and central stuff like that is just complete trash. So for me to think like, oh, all of a sudden now you're going to get into cryptocurrency, quote unquote, and then all of a sudden you're going to start doing everything right. I feel like I would be a complete idiot to believe that. Not to say it's not possible, but I'm not believing that until I see it. So until I really see that, which is I can only see that from Facebook and or you know Libra and Calibra over time, I'm good. Like I was watching an interview with uh, the guy who's leading the whole uh, Calibra project, and he was trying to say how they're very separate from Facebook, and there's not going to be a conflict of interest. I'm like, bro, do you really yeah, think? Right. Do do you really think everybody's going to believe? Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put this person over here ahead make them ahead of this particular project. And just because we say it doesn't matter, it's not, you're paying $10 million for a note. What? <laughs> like, yo, there's definitely going to be, there's definitely going to be some say. Facebook is definitely going to have some say in this. Like, and that's crazy. So it, it, it's amazing and it sucks all in the same breath. Right? What do you think? Well, I actually think, uh, you know, one of the big things that's being lost in the coverage about Libra this week is the very obvious fact that it is led, that it was a catalyst for a lot of the price action we've seen around Bitcoin as well. I mean, that, that enthusiasm, that validation of using MasterCard and Uber got some people that had been sitting on the sidelines to suddenly come in. So I don't think it's an evil thing. I thought I remembered like six or seven months ago when they were talking about how Winklevoss was meeting with Zuckerberg at the time. So I thought maybe he, they were involved in it, but I guess... Once again, they're going to get hosed by the Zuck. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, give, we probably gave them an option to do it, and we go out like, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, the Winklevoss twins during the last bear market or bull market were supposed to own 1% of all Bitcoins. Is that still a, an accepted urban fact or urban legend? I that think they, they, still, they still own a ton. Pretty sure they're a little bit <laughs> higher than 1% now. So that means that when it goes up to 10,000, then they're probably looking at one to $3 billion in net worth versus Zuck's 73, 74. Yeah. 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 That's very true. But when it gets up to about 20, then they're, then they're flirting with Zuck. So we'll see. (laughs) I know Zuck probably just invited them in and gave them a bowl. And they were like, what the fuck, Mark? What? What is I think it? it's going to get nasty. I think they're going to sue them. I, I, uh, I don't think they should have two astrological themed names. Uh, I, think gonna, <laughs> I think one of them is going to sue one another. Let's Dude, coming out with Virgo yeah. next week, guys. It, here's something else, guys. If you want to have fun with just a little bit of a of a of a hacking or social engineering experience experiment, 
set up a sock puppet account on Facebook and join a bunch of crypto groups and watch how quickly the scammers start contacting you over Facebook Messenger. I mean, it's almost oh. instant. And a lot Ooh, of them are bots. Yeah. And Scam City. People. Scam City's coming. But imagine when your grandma and your and your great aunt are on <laughs> Facebook with instant access to their banking oh, funds. That just imagine the, the happy hunting ground that this will become for, for Russian bots and um, yeah. you know, social engineers. Yeah, that makes me that makes me real sad. Just thinking about the 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 you know petty support center is going to have to reopen here pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> but don't uh, don't contact Andreas because even for ten million dollars, he will not do any promotion. All right, for so you. that's that's let's let's this is, this is one of our because that's actually a good point. But if I think about it for a hot minute, the fact that they can have reverting transactions and the ability to actually trace where money is going directly through the scammers. It actually give them a good detection and uh, like a ability to actually stop this kind of behavior. They would have the data they need to actually prevent these kind of things. Um, Maybe. Unfortunately, though, it would fuck people in the first six months. Well, that's but, a good thing to build on it if you're going to build on it. It's, 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 anybody can build on the system, according to the white paper. Um, so that, that would be a service that would make a lot of money. So wait, why is it tumble proof that you, you, you uh, criminals can't just tumble that money as soon as they get it? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the fact that they are the point of entry means that they have the tools necessary to actually diagnose. Well, sure. So Facebook is going to deploy some kind of AI bots to read every one of your messages. But is that much better? They're going to do it with the money. They're actually going to be follow the trail. like on, yeah. on Once man. again, if anyone is expecting any modicum or shred of privacy from this from this network, then they're they're off to the wrong foot. Yeah. But again, just people don't care about privacy either. So. They're starting to. Yeah, yeah. They they need to wake up. I mean, like, let's be for real. Like, you can say you don't care about privacy until your privacy gets completely violated in a way that makes you think about, like, damn, maybe I should have cared about this. And I think that's what it is. A lot of people around is saying, oh, well, because this never happened to me, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? It's like we see that all the time. We see governments who implement systems and they don't pay that much attention to security and then they get hatched. And then somebody offers them a ransom for all of their files and then they're fucked and they have to pay the ransom. So it's just like, I feel like we're going to get at a point in time to where that's going to be more of a thing, especially if we keep moving into a more digital arena. And I mean, with money, that's what we're doing. And we're doing it in a way to where at this point, it is still a lot of the wild, wild west. So it's like, yo, people, I mean, people going to have to give it the program. <laughs> My big fear is it happens on a global scale and the reaction to that will be very authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. It's, it's a scary thought, man, because I really feel like Libra is basically trying to be the new Federal Reserve. And that's a scary thought that a social fucking media company is, is trying to position themselves that way. I'm like, uh, this is this is not OK. But, so, uh, yeah, something something I, I, I would agree with you on that one. It's going to be a weird future if it, once this comes out, if, it, if they actually get it out by 2020. Cello tried to make a transition there by something that we yeah. he, he mentioned um earlier in the slack so i think yeah, it started with andreas andreas wrote a tweet that said like basically warning that the scammers are coming back and he did that by saying he his, his email inbox is now being flooded with people paying him or attempting to pay him multiple multiple thousands of dollars to tweet uh on behalf of them um basically trying to do pay, pay promotion through uh i would say influencers that have built their reputation on authenticity uh, 
So if they, they try and get people to say stuff for them so that then they then inherit that authenticity in their project. And that's how a lot of like that's what a lot of scammers do. They pay celebrities or people of authenticity to say something so that they get some of that. Uh, and what Cello took out of it was basically a social campaign, which is virtue signaling, uh, right? Uh, I think that was a I think that was an attempt yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> that was an inception blog. Attempt at an inception, was... but it sounded like you farted, so that's real good. Okay, well, I tried. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't know it was a term. Like, I didn't know it was a popular modern habit. We'll see, like, Basically, yeah, it's it, it. Well, just to hand the baton over, it was like this thing where I was like, Corey, why are they doing this? And you're like, Oh, well, it's it's a person who shows you they have virtue by expressing disgust. And I go, Oh, that's a thing. He goes, Yeah, it's called virtue signaling. And I was like, I I hate it. <laughs> yes, thank you. And. Um, <laughs> I, I see it from, uh, what's her name? Amber Bidet, Badalt, whatever. I see it from Andreas, anyone who's an influencer. It's it's all like this perfectly calculated persona that they, they do. And I think virtue signaling can take a hike. I think it sucks. I think that these are game theory systems that are designed so uh, an individual self-interest can, can benefit others. So I say go ahead and and buy for greed, take sponsorships for greed, post your Lambo memes, and feel proud of the fact that you contribute to making a highly liquid market. And for the first time in history, I humans do. have come up with a system that manages to unite self-interest with, with a collective benefit. So you have capitalism united with socialism, and when people talk about trickle-down economics, I think crypto is it. So I think we should get away from that. I don't think you're some Dudley do right that deserves more respect because of your stance. I just think we should we should capitalize on this. Yeah, so but you're stance. also not thinking about their friend circle. They're talking. I don't trying, care. I don't care about setting them. themselves up. All right, they're branding. That's what they're doing. If I if I say, hey, this episode is brought to you by Crypto ca Cashews, and you buy it, and it's and the taste is nasty, are you going to think we suck? No, it's just like whatever. We're we're taking advantage of it. it it's clearly an ad. It's clearly this and that. Andreas is going to think if you're in his inbox automatically, it's a scam because he's not on the platform with his book telling you information that comes from his mouth. So yeah. everything else is noise. Part of, and part I don't of agree with he, that. Part of his brand is authenticity. Like you can't like he would be compromised. His what he's trying to do from an educator standpoint would be compromised if you knew there's potential for the things that he was saying was paid for by someone else and not something he believed. Mm -hmm. Us as an entertainment slash education show don't aren't as as like responsible for upholding that that reputation. I personally won't do it because that's that's part of my reputation. I don't say things that I don't believe ever. And that 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 I, you, like I couldn't be a security engineer for a company if I could be bought. That's just something yeah, that that's I can't. Very true. I, I I can't I can't afford to have. And so I mean, like, is that it's actually more or? valuable for me to not do those things because I can get valuable skills or jobs in life because I can't be compromised that way. Or I, I, I basically exude that I can't be compromised that way. I mean, do we think, do we think Dale Earnhardt was a shitty driver because he had a whole bunch of sponsors all over his car? His yep. driving has nothing to do with, with the serial label on, on his hood. Well, then why can't we apply that logic to this podcast? Or, or if we, I say, we, hey, this Andreas talk sites. is brought to you by Binance or eToro, would that make his talk l less impactful? No. No. 
But if, if someone no, if someone pays you twenty five thousand dollars to say, "Oh, go buy this wallet. It's the best, most secure wallet out there," and that's not necessarily true, then you've ruined a lot of your reputation. When people find out. Yeah, there's a fine line between that too. How, how you walk that line is very important. But if you're saying like, "Oh, you know, this company paid for to sponsor this talk, but has no no bearing on the contents of the talk," that's a different story. Corey, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you grow your hair, facial hair like Wolverine. That's not nearly enough. Two hundred. No, you need to get to thousands if you're gonna make me grow my facial hair like Wolverine. Or a haircut. <laughs> Four hundred dollars. My hair is expensive, sir. I'll give you two PlayStation Fours. All right, we're done with that. Corey, we'll what's that. your stance on virtue signal? <laughs> he said yes. He's viable status. I'm telling status right now. That's fine. That's <laughs> nothing to do with me, my compromised security. Corey's <laughs> costs two PlayStation Fours. <laughs> we got him. Corey, what's your stance on it? Um, it depends on the people doing it and what I believe their motivation to be. I don't. I think. I think. Um, sorry for the dogs in the background. Can't shut them up. I believe that Andreas's motivation was mainly towards um, informing people that this is happening in the background. Like there are most influencers get these emails and someone's t saying, um, like, and, and then the fact that they're starting up again is a sign of the times. And that was more along the lines of his motivation for doing it. Not saying, look how, look how virtuous I am. It wasn't, it wasn't as much virtue signaling as what other people do. It's the same thing when like what I, and I and I hate people who just do virtual signaling to try and show how cool they are and that's the motivation but it's almost subjective to how they're doing it. What? <laughs> yeah. But no, I I I saw it the same way. I saw it as like almost a warning. Like a hey guys, you need to be on extra high alert because I'm seeing the patterns I saw in the past which were an indicator and a signal that um things are on the upswing and people are going to be more and more interested in um taking advantage of you. Like he didn't I, say that though. He was like, "Hey, I'm turning down quarter of a million dollars. I'm turning down five hundred. It's a self brag to to pump up your own brand by telling people that you're this shining knight and you do know dirty stuff." Like, he is. Thing. yeah, but it's he garbage. is. He's an influencer and he gets those emails. Like, and that and that happens to me. Give me those. You know, funny is in the crypto world, we have two complete opposites on that side. If you think about virtue signaling or its opposite or converse, which is uh, actually vice signaling McAfee. on one end, you have Andreas <laughs> and then on the other far, far, far end, you have John McAfee. You yeah. busted multiple yeah. times. Like every time somebody screenshots him, a chat that shows that he's taking money from some weird scam coin. He's like, so what? What's yeah. your point? McAfee. <laughs> sale, aren't you? <laughs> and so this is, it's completely the opposite side. But I will tell you, I, what I took from Andreas's tweets was that the scammers that we saw two years ago are way more sophisticated. It's a lot more subtle than it used to be. They're not just hitting up your DMs saying, hey, we'll give you a 10 million coins if you'll endorse this. They're now saying, hey, would you mind taking a look at this as an advisor and, and, and you know, kind of coming in a lot more slyly than they were two years ago. And we can expect the same thing pretty much from all crypto scams that the scammers have had a year and a half to kind of buckle up and, and really refine their game. Do they think they're scamming though? Or are they are they just trying to do marketing? I was gonna I was gonna ask that too. Well, you know, I can think of a few examples. Like I think of the one uh, out in California that's doing the uh, the geo mine XYO. If I think about those guys, right? They just announced that they're completely changing their business model, and that's a sort of an alarm bell when you hear when you see an email that yeah, says they tried to buy us a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're completely changing our business model, um, but I don't. I mean, it, it's it's probably a fine line. There's probably most employees of these IEOs and ICOs don't think that they're scamming, right? Until they are one day, maybe. 
I think Linden, they just, Linden, your last your last episode with uh, on the crypto bully with the BitConnect guy kind of said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, essentially, um, yeah, it's, that, that was an interesting conversation. Definitely, um, I it is. It's kind of crazy, right? Because you definitely see the extremes. Um, you somebody like Andres Antonopoulos versus somebody like John McAfee. And when you think about that conversation, right, um, a lot of these scam companies, um, <clears throat> I think, man, it, it can be funny. I feel like some people just blatantly are scammers and others can be just overzealous and thinking they're going to accomplish a certain thing. And then when they realize they can't, it turns into a scam. Um, yeah, it's, and I, I think that's the more common situation in my opinion. They just, they just, they turn into a scam to try and salvage the thing they couldn't, they weren't capable of doing in the it, first place. It, exactly. And and I was, when I was having that conversation with, with, you know, with the guy from Big Connect, that's, you know, that, and that's me, him giving me his perspective of what was going on. Um, just knowing that guy and, and his character and how he usually, uh, you know, who he usually works with and stuff. And, that that was interesting um because i honestly wasn't expecting it i was expecting to be like yep this shit was a scam from the beginning and that was it but um it was it was a little different in that conversation and i think that's it sucks right because i feel like from that standpoint certain projects and companies should have some accountability when it comes to that i mean like yo if you're doing something you realize like yo this is too much i'm not going to be able to deliver what i'm trying to deliver like yo say something like, I mean, yeah, does it suck from a PR perspective or, or you know, is it going to hurt your reputation? Yeah, possibly. But at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you know, people are wrong. People make the wrong moves, wrong decisions. People, you know, um, you know, get too too excited and gun hold with certain ideas and they just don't work out how they're playing. But I mean, that's the thing. You know, a lot of people, you know, you deal with ego and a lot of people aren't going to be willing to be like, you know what? Hey, yo, I was trying to do this. It didn't work out the way it was. So let's find a way to end this on, you know, good terms so that a bunch of people don't get, you know, uh, fucked in the, in the process. And, and, and it just contributes to this horrible reputation um, that crypto has with certain people. So, but, you know, you know how it is, man. It doesn't work out like that most of the time. So before we before we transition into the, that, I want to I want to bring up something else that's similar to virtue signaling. Um, it's almost I don't, I don't know what the name is. It might still be virtue signaling. It might just but I, it's more like intellect or attempted intellect signaling. And it's, I think it happens a lot mm -hmm. in the Ethereum space. Is this you'll see tweets like uh, lamenting the the difficulty of dealing with imposter syndrome. Uh, if for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's the reverse side of the Dunning-Kruger effect, where basically you're, you're so smart, um, but don't assume most, everyone else around you understands things the way you do, and you end up not performing in certain ways because you over, uh, what's the word? You, you, uh, overestimate the abilities of most people because you're so smart. Uh, and you end up not performing or not doing anything or, or, or not feeling you're adequate in a lot of ways when you're performing some task uh, because you feel like you're an imposter. Anyway, it's, 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 at some point, someone's going to come in and identify you as someone who... Say who, what, like, Colin? Go ahead. I felt like you tried to convince me I had that like a year ago or maybe like a little over that. I mean, people, like, it, it, imposter syndrome is a real thing, right? Well, I know, it's but like, like, I'm talking about tweeting like lamentation of uh, like... How, how I deal with imposter syndrome, yeah, insinuating that you're so smart that you have to deal with this type of thing, uh, is 
is relatively annoying. You see a lot of people who have maybe not shown that they're capable of such uh, such things, just tweeting about it all yeah. the time. The I think a lot of the Ethereum community. This is my personal on the outside looking in. Is a lot of I don't know. Seems a little grandstandy. I just want to get them all in a room and just be like, "Look, just shut the fuck up." You oh, work young, on that. You it's work been, on a lot that. of people are really smart. You don't know what you think you know. A lot of people are really smart there. They're just maybe not so wise in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's it's a little bit annoying sometimes. Like but, reading I mean, those tweet. those those same types of people are the, usually the people who innovate because they are maybe not uh, seasoned enough to not know they shouldn't try. And in the process, try to do something that's really hard to do. And sometimes they succeed. Most selection, people will fail. Selection, survivor bias there. I mean, like definite survivor bias there. Most of those people fail. Yeah. But I'm saying, I'm saying the thing, the, the one that doesn't. Out of them. The ones that don't, they rise to the top and everybody thinks they're the model, but they're not the model. The model yeah. is hard work, long education period, and definite take definitely taking your time to, to do things the right way. Um, so I, I, I think that a lot of these young people fall for that, that survivor. An example of that? An example of a success story of, of, yeah. of that? Not everybody can be Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg fell into being Zuckerberg, you know? It's just not common that that actually happens. It's not the real world. Most companies are, are not going to be that big. Most people don't fall into that magic idea, hit that magic spot at the right time. It's mostly luck when that happens more than anything else, you know? Being at the right place, being at the right time, knowing the right twins, like all of these things are like stuff that could kind of like make you happen. But it's not because you're special or, or, or awesome. And I think wise people know that. And that comes with age and failure. So I get worried when I see like a lot of these people just jumping right into cryptography at the age of 23 with absolutely you know, not listening to people who are 65 years old and been doing it since, you know, since, the, you know, the 70s or probably sooner. Hashtag Iota. And building ternary uh, cryptography systems. I will not, I do not like to, I would not even build a cryptography library at this juncture. Like I wouldn't, I know some of this stuff. I've been reading stuff. I wouldn't even attempt it because I just don't know what I don't know. I'm not an expert in that field and I wouldn't be able to even test it properly. I stepped away for a second. What happened? When did we, what? I don't know. We're talking about the arrogant Ethereum guys, and I went on another one where I rants that went in three different <laughs> Colin, you're just basically saying you wouldn't roll your own crypto, which is universally recognized as a, <laughs> a yeah. principle of photography. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I actually got to roll out, uh, but, uh, you know, have a great show, guys. See you, Colin. Thanks, okay. thanks for swinging by. Um, yeah, this, the social space of crypto is fun. I, I tell my, my girlfriend's a therapist. I'm like, you make a killing studying this community. For real. There is some shit going on. Like you've got some case studies. You got what are these? Somebody calls them like clout chasers. These girls making like videos that are just terrible, but they're yeah. like, buy crypto, please. please what do they call them? What did you call them? Clout chasers. Somebody in our Slack calls them clout chasers. That's not clout. Okay. I was trying to or something. What you say, Cello? That's a rap term. I hate that term. Clout chaser. Okay. Dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to go with that one, huh? Just lay it out there. I just drop it in conversation casually. Um, I, there were some other talk of points we had on here, but honestly, we've had a pretty lengthy show today. 
We are at 50 minutes or so. Um, something I wanted to bring up, which I thought was pretty interesting, uh, especially with the price talk channel being so lively and them talking about trading strategies and HODL plus strategies and investment strategies and all these things. Uh, like so some people talk about bots in the, in, the, in the channel. A lot of things happen in that channel and a lot of conversation that seems to be relatively normal um, within this space because the trading aspect of cryptocurrency is so, is so large. Most people don't even know what trading is or the concept of derivatives and futures and options and how that market actually works. Um, I was listening to a podcast when I was dropping someone off um, the train station, or like the bus station or whatever the hell it is. Um, uh, the podcast is Planet Money, which is an NPR, an NPR podcast because I am a uh, white male in his 30s. So it's an NPR, of course. <laughs> I listen to NPR too. Uh, so what does that make me? So, <laughs> okay. Planet Money, because uh, I'm also a white male listening to podcasts about money. Uh, let's see. It's the, I listen the, to the episode Money is 471. Well, it's called the Eddie Murphy Rule. It's actually a, a, a ruling in, uh, in financial trading. And that is a, a, it's basically a rule made to make sure that what happens in the movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and, and Dan Aykroyd doesn't happen. Uh, and they walk through the entire thing, bring people on the show to see basically like, it, like the movie Trading Places is a masterclass in options trading. It's, it's basically a university level class in how that financial market works. Hmm. And, and they walk you through it. And I think it's an interesting thing to like, you should probably just go watch it just to see like the, 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 the method in which they get like Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy characters and Dan Aykroyd's character joined together and basically, um, bamboozle the original people who swap, swap their places. Right. And they walk through it in this podcast, but like, and, and they do it in a way that you can actually do in financial and in, in, in these, in these markets. And that's what people are doing or trying to figure out how to do. Uh, by building derivatives on top of Bitcoin. But I think a lot of people pass around these talks, but they don't like to the average person, no one even understands what trading is. And to most traders, like they're, they're trading in the movie, they trade, uh, I think it's packaged frozen concentrated orange juice. That's what they're, that's, that's the, that's the commodity that they trade in the, in, in the movie trading places. And this happens in real life. There are people who spend their whole life just trading like, uh, like pork belly or frozen orange juice or something like that. And what's interesting about that is they're not, they never, they don't know what the thing is. They've never seen it. They don't own it. They never actually get it. They're just trading. They're betting on the price movement of these things. And that's what happens in cryptocurrencies, which I think is something that people don't really recognize. The, a good portion of the volume, if not the majority of the volume of cryptocurrencies is people moving it back and forth, betting, on what the price is going to do, and they have no idea what the underlying asset is, is for, why it's there. They read reports on it, but they don't quite understand. Like I would say, the majority of them don't understand the fundamentals behind it. They don't care. They're looking at market trends and you technical do, analysis. Ultimately, you win when you understand the fundamentals. I'd say that's true, but I'd say most of it doesn't there, and a lot of the institutional money will be the same thing. It's not. Yeah, I would tell you, and I hear people talk about using bots and beating the system, so to speak, with with those types of things. It reminds me of people that brag about counting cards in Vegas. The people that can really do it don't ever talk about it. They certainly aren't discussing their 
wonderful Python bot that generates massive <laughs> of things and then open sourced it. Unless you're Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> every house in Vegas. And again, just like in Vegas, you look at these billion-dollar buildings and you wonder, man, if all these amateurs are beating them, how in the world are they paying for these chandeliers and, and cocktail waitresses and stuff? Hmm. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting thing. I, I, I'd recommend people go. It's a pretty short podcast, maybe 30 minutes. But it, it walks through that movie and the idea, and they talk with a lot of uh, professionals who do a trading. And if you're in cryptocurrency and wonder what these traders are doing, it's a good it's a good window of kind of the the, the mentality of people who trade. And you know then you can ask yourself, like, is that what, good for for the space? What does it do? What does it offer? What's the point? What percentage of trading do you think is quote unquote fake, like wash trading and just bots moving stuff around? What percentage? Mm -hmm. What do you mean by fake? Do you mean like it's like it's actual trade, like like it's it's trading in order to make money from trading, or it's actually legitimate? Um, I'd say uh, use case volume. I'm think I'm thinking in terms of it being automated or even insider to the exchange, like wash trading and things like that. Like what percentage of the total volumes is not legitimate individual investors trying to make money off of an investment? Seventy five percent. Oh wow! That's that's my that's my very naive. Rough no. guest with with no real research behind it. Thirty three. That's what I'd say. Jello. Uh, if I had to guess the jelly bean jar, I'll go in the middle between D and Corey and go with the uh, fifty. One dollar. One dollar. <laughs> what about Landon? What do you think? Man, that's a that's a really good question. Um. Uh, you know that's man. That's that. I'm not even gonna lie. That's. That's kind of hard. Um, trying to place a number on that. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just say <laughs> put me on the spot here. Um, again, not doing super deep research. I mean, I've I've thought about this and looked into it before, but um, oh man, it, I you know the reason why it's hard for me to answer that question <laughs> because what the, what I think of when somebody asks that question is. How much do you trust the exchanges in cryptocurrency? <laughs> I'm like, you know, I want to be like 99%. No, but <laughs> let's keep it real, right? I mean, that's that's probably not the case for real. But um, I think what it is is that I think watch trading probably happens a fuck ton on the exchanges nobody really cares about or looks at. It's probably really, really high, and then it gets diluted as you get into the more the more um, large uh, exchanges, right? But I think it could be a difference, right? A larger exchange may watch trade just to mess with people's sentiment, you know, just to to make certain moves. While really small exchanges, they're just trying to, um, they're just trying to get business. So, ah, damn. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna just say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say fifty percent. I'm gonna literally do it straight in the middle. <laughs> we actually do have wow. some data on this. We we do have some data on this, but it's very flawed data. The okay. the the exchanges that have been breached, the ones that their data has actually been dumped, it's closer to like ninety five percent because uh -huh. there's so much shenanigans going on. Now the reason that's flawed is because the type of exchange that might be breached is probably the type of exchange that's more likely to be oh. shady, right? You're talking about DGarageExchange.com? <laughs> We're talking about Cryptopia. We're talking about Quadriga. If you guys go through the Ernst & Young or the uh, the auditor reports on Quadriga. Oh, Quadriga's nuts. It turns out that was a scam from day zero. Yeah. Like they didn't start scamming he was using money. He was using, money. he was using people's people's money to trade from day zero. <laughs> 
So, and, and, you know, and that includes buy walls and sell walls and manipulation. They even had bots to pop into the, um, what do you guys call that chat room, the, the troll room or whatever, the, the troll, troll box. box yeah. They even use that to manipulate people. So the scammy ones definitely engage in shenanigans. No question about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's, 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 and I think what, yeah, it's so interesting, man. That's, that's such an interesting question when you think about cryptocurrency, because we all know there's a bunch of crazy stuff that happens in cryptocurrency on exchanges. And there's so much stuff that's, if you really look at cryptocurrency exchanges and you watch order books, it's so much questionable shit. And I'm just like, really? Like, is this really, like, you just going to just do this in front of everybody and just like, hey, let me just drop this cell yeah. wall in here. And it makes life shit. tough for the earnest few of us out there that are like, ooh, yeah. Sometimes there's like, you kind of give crypto the side eye. Yeah. You know, when some stuff happens, you're like, ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't worry yeah. about that stuff. Exactly. Like, it but, is. Um, yeah. Well, like, uh, Corey, crap. to your point though, is like should, every time I buy an alt on Coinbase, should a should like a iTunes term agreement come up and it's the white paper of that company and I have to go through all the pages before I can buy it, or they have <laughs> options where <laughs> oh so I throw a hundred dollars and they'll diversify into four different alts for me. They don't care if you're if you know the underlying technology behind what you're investing in. Nobody does. But if Coinbase doesn't care, how do they expect anyone else to? Coinbase. That has never cared. It depends on what you're in it for. Are you in it to make money? Or are you in it to change the world? Change the financial system? Like I, ninety-nine percent of people are here to make money. I, yeah. I'm not, I hope I make money, but that's not why I'm here. Making money is a it's why you got it. Well, maybe not you, but the, yeah, I'm, I, mean, I don't think I'm normal. Yeah, ninety-nine point eight percent of people got in because the wind Lambo shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. Well. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think derivatives. Is, calling kind of like uh derivatives is kind of like it's bittersweet right because i think it's it's one of those things that i hate the idea of it coming into cryptocurrency personally but at the same time i know it's going to give a lot of exposure to cryptocurrency in general and it's going to do the same thing that libra did like the second a back drops everybody's going to about face and look away from fiat and start staring at cryptocurrency. I know that's going to happen. So it's, uh, it's, it sucks. And it's awesome. All same breath. Like, it's crazy. Well, we didn't get to some stuff. Uh, we didn't discuss how the movie ghost is holding up over the years. Uh, it's not, or what uh, <laughs> discussion <that> over <laughs> sex on the beach. What are they really trying to say? Like, who says that you, you always sit down, you used to go to the bar like I'll have a sex on the beach, and it's like, what the fuck? Nobody gets that drink. What is wrong with you? We didn't talk about those two things, but damn, bro, I ordered that last time I was in Mexico. <laughs> did you really? Are you just saying that? No, I really did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to let say? you know what I was thinking in the back of my head was, what the fuck is really going on over here? I want to know what it tasted like. <laughs> <laughs> no. So we had a caller call in who has no caller information. We're sorry, but we're wrapping up now. We missed the oh, show. Yeah. You missed the show. Who is it? You want to say hello? Give a shout out. Nope. It's okay. a ghost. It's a ghost caller. Oh, Somebody from another show doing market research. They came <laughs> here. They wanted to get the skinny. Anyways, um, wrap it. Thank like you Christmas. guys for listening to another week of the Bitcoin podcast. Um, yeah, the market's looking up. We know the market's looking up because we look at our downloads and they start going back up. So surprise, surprise. Um, 
All you guys that were sitting on the sidelines, welcome back. You missed quite a few conversations, you lazy bastards. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, go to the BitcoinPodcast.com. Click the Slack button. Join it. Like it. Hold up. I'm supposed to do this now. It's 2019. Please like and subscribe. Click this button. Look click below the for the link. Yeah, <laughs> click, click below and like and subscribe. Follow the link in my, in my bio, please. Um, what else do we do? We have a book called. Uh, I used. I had it in my hand this morning. Where Describe Bitcoin, blockchain. Describe yeah. so Bitcoin, blockchain, or Ethereum in ten words or less. We love the book. You should too. It's a great book to put on your coffee table. Go like, oh, give to your friends. It's a good conversation oh, starter. Cryptocurrency. Because your friends <laughs> sound like someone from Sesame Street, and you say, "Yeah, man, I'm in the I'm in a cryptocurrency." Oh, tell me about it. That's how it goes. So. <laughs> Um, what else do we do, guys? Got a lot of shows. Check them out. Got a donate button. Got a Patreon. Go to those. Got a- get early access to this show through the Patreon. We're going to be changing those tiers pretty soon. Did you already change them? Uh, they're not going to change until the merch store is officially launched okay. because there's some tiers that will be. If you buy that tier, you get discounts on the merchandise and so and so on and so forth. Forth. Cool. Uh, we so got a merch store coming. That's that's a surprise. Yeah, finally. Well, we maybe. talked. About We've been it. saying it for years. So we'll see when it actually happens. There's no maybe to it. Like it's it's in it's happening. Yeah. We just had to not. We I'm just setting had, subdomains, we so that's a good thing. Put our hands on it because every time we get our hands on it, we just forget to do it. But we've hired someone to do it, and they're doing it. So, um, got a merch store coming. Get some shirts. We got some. Never mind. We're just doing stuff. And stay tuned. Uh, tell your friends about the show. I hope they love it. Uh, that's it. You guys got anything? Cello? Um, a black guy invented Skynet. That's crazy. Do you know that, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't. Back. Wow. <laughs> that's how we started the show. So that's, that's for those. <laughs> yeah. No one's talking about Samuel L. Jackson in Jurassic Park, though. Yeah, he literally saved lives. That's true. Man, this is I'm gonna start a podcast about explore. The unrecognized fallen black heroes of fictional American fiction movies. Uh, all right, guys. Niche enough to work. It is just niche enough to work. That's good enough. What's the I'm starting to think of so many now. Like, anyways. Uh Play the outro.